Kathy Trey and the music team, and welcome back, Jerry. So fabulous to have Jerry back. So I was listening to Trey sing the song on a clear day, and I thought this first service, and I'm still thinking it, the sun is starting to peek through, but I'm really grateful that here in Northeast Ohio, we don't wait for that clear day in order to see clearly, right? Because we'd be most of the time going through going, I can't see. But here at Unity, what we are about is giving you the tools and giving you the practices so that you have exactly what you need. So even though it may not look clear on the outside, you can find that clarity within you so that you can show up and and be in that place of knowing who you are and letting that shine through. And so with that in mind, every single week we have a spiritual practice, that practice that is designed to support you in living these teachings of truth. And so last week, we're in the middle of this series on uh, tending our garden, and last week we talked about this idea of providing proper nutrients, right? And so that idea of spiritually um, feeding your spirit, right? What do you do to... Give yourself that spiritual sustenance. And so the idea in the practice was to pick a practice like prayer or meditation or inspirational reading so that you could feed yourself each day. So how many of you took on that practice last week? Good, I see some hands. How many of you that took on that practice last week experienced something, a shift, an aha, a new understanding, a New way of moving through your day. Anybody have anything? Oh, good. Yay. Let me get my microphone. It's getting easier. Do you, do you, are you noticing? Right? It's getting easier. I'm going to go to Aaron, and then I'm going to come to Grace. Hello. So um, I was doing meditation this week and really um, sitting uncomfortably and feeling the discomfort of it and had a realization that if I am... Um, Attaching myself to my successes, I'm also attaching myself to my failures. Yeah. Detach. That's coming in a summer. We've got a whole message on that, Aaron. It's coming. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for sharing. Anybody ever feel uncomfortable sitting in meditation? Like, oh, when is it going to be done? I can't sit here any longer. Right? Yeah. All right, great. Well, this week I was reading the Golden Key every day, and... In reading that, I really was able to practice it and to, instead of think of the trouble, I was able to think of God. And it was very uncomfortable at first, but then I started asking myself questions about what does God feel like for me? What does God look like for me? Um, And it just gave me a new insight on all the different questions that I could ask about God himself, and it was absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Yay. Good for you, Grace. Shift happens, right, when you do that. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. If anybody else wants to share. Super. So thank you for sharing the ways that you are being inspired to stretch and grow and transform your lives. And I really personally feel it's helpful to hear from one another, right, what these practices are doing. So thank you, Aaron and Grace, for playing along today. So our series continues today on tending our garden, and today we're taking a look at the idea of pruning. Pruning. So each week I have been sharing ideas with you about how our current farming practices, especially in the last hundred years, are impacting, are impacting our um, being here on planet Earth. 
Uh, so I thought I would look around for something like that on pruning, but there's nothing there. There's like no big, huge changes that have been taking place around the idea of pruning. And I thought, isn't that interesting? And then I realized the why. Because with pruning, there needs to be a bit of intelligence, a bit of wisdom that shows up to help you to understand what it is that needs to be pruned. In other words, it's tough to automate that, to leave it to a machine to decide which branches to cut off. And so there needs to be that uh, individual that helps out with that. So I thought, that's interesting. I'm sure that'll fit in somewhere. I'm sure that it will. So let's start by talking about what is the purpose of pruning. So the purpose of pruning is to remove branches from a tree or um, branches from a plant in order that we can facilitate further fruit, you know, that the fruits can be more prolific and more healthy by taking away and cutting out some of the, the branches that are there or to make a tree more full, right? And so there are some things that will decide that. For example, first of all, are there any dead branches that just simply need to be cut out? Because if you leave the dead branches behind, then whatever caused those dead branches can begin to infect and affect the rest of the plant, right? So we first go out and cut off all the dead branches. Well, that's an easy one. That doesn't take a whole lot of creative thought. Like, how does this apply spiritually, right? How many of you have things in your life that you recognize and realize are, are really dead. They're dead ends. They're not helping you. Yeah, I see hands raising, right? They're not helping me to get closer to God. They're not helping me and shining my light. They're just kind of dead ends. And the kind of dead end that it may be is going to be different for each and every one of us. For some of us, it might be that there are relationships in our life that we are recognizing and realizing are dead ends that we need to have healthy boundaries around us. So in Unity, we talk about the power of love and the harmonizing power of love and showing up and being loved. But guess what? That does not mean that we roll over and become doormats for everybody because I'm just supposed to be loving you. Right? Healthy boundaries is still very important. And so we could have some pruning that we need to do of relationships that we recognize are no longer helpful or healthy for us to be in. Right? Different actions that we're taking that we recognize and realize this is cutting me off from really experiencing God's power and presence. So habits right, that we get caught up in that might need to be pruned away because it's just not helpful, dead end. Everybody recognize what those might be in your life? Yeah. So the second thing that we do with pruning is we prune off those areas where different branches are running into one another. Because if they're running into one another, then they might be rubbing against each other. They might cause damage. They're crowding each other out. The light is not able to get where the light needs to go. And so we need to move in and cut off those branches that are crowding out. So we all might have things in our life, right, that crowd out what we know that we need to be doing in order to show up fully and completely in this idea that I am the Christ. It might be like, oh, I've talked about it often enough. It's such an old story, and I'm so tired of it. And I'm working through it, as I'm sure all of you are. But it's just there in our human nature, the idea of not enoughness. Anybody got that one? Right? Not enoughness. Or unworthiness. 
right? We carry these ideas with us, and those ideas start rubbing against and crowding out the idea that I'm the light, that I'm the Christ, that that divine power and presence is within me and is uniquely wanting to express as me. And so I have to cut out, I have to prune out those ideas of not enoughness so that I can show up and be all that I am intended to be, so that that's what can be fruitful, so that there can be some spiritual fruit from that. They also cut off the branches like from the inside of the tree again so that light can move around and the, the, all of the branches can receive you know, the light that it needs. But the purpose behind pruning is to promote growth. It seems counterintuitive, really, when you think about going in and starting to cut up a tree or cut up a shrub and you think I'm doing more damage than I should. And that's where the wisdom of somebody who knows how to prune comes in because they know the branches that need to be removed. You can prune too much and actually cause damage to that tree or that bush or that plant. And I started to think about that. Like, how does that apply to us? Are there things that we could prune too much away and it's no longer helpful? So I want you to pause for a minute and I want you to think about something you'd like to prune out of your life. Everybody got that thought? How many of you in that thought have an experience you'd like to prune out? Or a person you'd like to prune out? Or a problem? Anybody got a problem you'd like to prune out? Right? Because that's where we tend to go. I want to prune out those things in my life that I don't want to have happening in my life. And I think that when we do that, we run into the temptation of pruning away things that are really there to support us in bringing forth our spiritual fruit, if you will. What do I mean by that? I'm thinking about unity being positive, practical Christianity. How many of you have heard that? Unity is positive, practical Christianity, right? And so what I mean by that is that if we take these unity teachings and ideas and put them into practice in our life, we will experience positive transformation. How many of you have experienced positive transformation in your life through practicing these teachings? There you have it. But positive, practical Christianity does not mean that I am going to go through every moment of every day and feel only positive, and only positive things are going to happen to me. And if I think that that's what unity is about, then I might want to prune away those things that are actually there to support me in my growth and transformation. So an example might be the idea of sadness. We are human beings. We are here in these human vessels. It's not all that we are, but it is certainly a big part of what we are here on planet Earth. And so we have this full range of emotions that move through as human beings, don't we? And so there are moments when we feel sad. Anybody here never feel sad? There are moments when we feel sad. There may be a part of us that thinks, well, I'm a spiritual being. I shouldn't be feeling sad. That's not something I should be feeling. I should be feeling, you know, joy all the time. Why? What is this feeling? I want to prune that out of there. I don't want to feel this anymore. Whether it's sadness or anger or joy, 
whatever the feeling might be, what is it that's inside of you that's creating that feeling? It's simply a chemical reaction that's occurring in your brain that brings about different feelings. And as human beings, we have situations that happen to us, experiences that happen to us that bring out the full range of the feelings of what we are. And where we run into problems is if we think that we can't be feeling certain things if we are spiritual. There's something wrong with us then. We're not doing our work the right way. And so we want to cut off that sadness. And in fact, it's not just here in this community where we hear that. I mean, in life itself, we're not taught that it's okay, for example, to be sad. It's why so many people are on antidepressants. And listen, if you are sitting here today and you are on an antidepressant, I am not saying that you shouldn't be. I'm only saying that sadness is a normal and natural way of feeling. But we've been taught it's not okay. And we've been taught that we have to do whatever we need to do to cut it out of our life. And in so doing, we begin to deny a very real human emotion that's there to support us in transforming and learning and stretching and growing. Another one that I often hear about is anger. You know, as spiritual beings, you're not supposed to be angry. Anybody feel angry this week about anything? Right? We tell ourselves, I shouldn't feel that way. I'm a spiritual being. I'm supposed to be loving all the time. I've got to cut that anger right out of there. And in the process, we lose the opportunity to see what is that anger there to show me? What is it there to reveal to me? Now, going back to that chemical reaction that occurs in our brain, if we don't attach a story to it, if we don't tell ourselves what we should or shouldn't be feeling or what this feeling means in our life or how good or bad we are because we're having these feelings, we don't attach a story to it. How long will that feeling last in your body if you can release it and let it go? I hear it. 90 seconds. Physiologically, 90 seconds is all it takes for a feeling to be there, to be felt. Don't attach a story to it and let it go. And it'll move through you in 90 seconds. But anger is there to bring us someplace. We might be angry at a very just thing. We might say, I can't feel that anger. I need to cut that anger out. We might miss that opportunity for that anger to move us into some kind of action. The problem becomes when we become so identified with that anger and we react from it, rather than pausing and thinking about how am I being called to respond to this anger. Great changes have happened when people have gotten angry enough and then centered enough to determine and discern, what do I do with this anger? I mean, even Jesus got angry. Remember that? So we don't have to cut out our anger. We have to sit with our anger. We have to realize, I'm angry right now. Where is this anger taking me? What fruit wants to be demonstrated through this anger? Because I'm telling you, the anger can move you into action that can shift mountains. The anger is not the problem. It's what we told ourselves about the anger. You might have an experience that you'd like to cut out of your life. You know, I'm really tired of dealing with this lack and limitation on my life, and I'd like to finally cut it out of there and be done with lack and limitation for once and for all, right? So I want to cut that out of my life. 
But in the process of wanting to cut it out of your life, you are losing the opportunity to ask, what is this here to show me? What is it here to reveal about me? What is that Spirit of God that is inside of me there to meet this moment with so that I can face it and walk through it in a whole new way and learn something about myself that I never knew? That situation that you might want to cut out of your life, that relationship that you might want to cut out of your life because it's not working anymore, might be the very thing that takes you to the courage to speak your truth. It might be the very thing that takes you to the point of receiving an idea that you never imagined possible in meeting this particular situation. And so if you don't just automatically decide to cut off those negative things, prune them off so that you can be rid of them, because I'm spiritual and I'm supposed to always be happy and I'm supposed to always only have good things happening to me. Isn't that what spirituality is about? and the wisdom to know what to prune and what to leave because it's there to teach me something. Relationships. How many of you want to prune relationships out of your life? I see it happening a lot nowadays as we butt up against each other and we have friends or family members even that we don't agree with and we want to just cut them out of our life. How could they think that way? just want them out of my life. I can't deal with that kind of negativity. Anybody ever think that? But in the process, what we're missing is an opportunity, an opportunity to stretch into giving birth to something new. So one of the things that I've done, I am on Facebook. I'm friends with some of you. And on Facebook, I like to use this as my opportunity for spiritual practice. How am I showing up in this conversation? It's all about me and how I'm showing up. And what I see, for example, on Facebook or those kinds of social media things is people cutting each other off. I'm not going to be your friend anymore because you don't agree with me. I always feel sad about that. It feels like immature pruning to me because it doesn't allow me and you to change. And so I've had this experience over the last couple of weeks that astounded me. I got into conversations with people on Facebook. I don't know. I don't know who they are. They're friends of friends. But they disagreed with me. And so I started to have conversations with them. Mainly the conversation that I have when I'm doing my spiritual practice on Facebook is help me to understand. Help me to understand why you believe this way. Help me to understand how you think this will help. Help me to understand. And I just kept with the conversation in that way. Help me to understand. And in two conversations over the last couple of weeks, it was amazing, the results. Because in the end, each one came to me and said, you know, I think we have more in common than I ever imagined. Imagine that. They said, I think we would actually be friends if we met one another. Oh my gosh, you can have friends with people you don't agree with. They said, keep speaking out about what you're speaking out about. It's important that we find a way to come together to meet with one another for understanding and not just butting our heads back and forth. Now, had I just decided to prune those conversations out because they were too negative, I'm not going to change anyone's mind, you know, I don't need this kind of aggravation in my life, whatever, I never would have experienced 
the fruit of those conversations, which reminded me that I can meet someone that I don't agree with and have a conversation for understanding. And you know what? It's not true that nobody's mind is going to be changed. My mind is changed. And that was the fruit of not pruning those conversations out of my life. So with pruning, I think we have to be really careful. We have to discern when we are wanting to prune because we don't particularly like what we're going through. We don't particularly like the feelings we're feeling. We don't particularly like the way that the other is showing up or the way we're showing up. We just want to get rid of this. I've got those in my life. I'd like to get rid of all of those things. But what I've recognized is that if I pause and breathe and ask that deep inner wisdom, do you know, each of you, that you have a deep inner wisdom within you? You have the power of wisdom inside of you, and this power of wisdom is there to help you to discern, just like that professional pruner uses the power of his wisdom and experience to discern which branches to excuse me, cut off, You are invited to use that wisdom within you to discern, is this really something that I need to cut off and prune in my life? Or am I just trying to get back to, I need to feel good. I need to feel good. I feel like I need to qualify it with this too. There are are certain traditions that believe we need to suffer to grow. We need to suffer to transform. We need to suffer to please God. Unity doesn't teach this. Unity knows that God is good and God is good all the time and God wants us to experience our good. That's the truth. But it doesn't prevent us from going through very real human experiences here. Experiences that are challenging. Experiences that are hard. Relationships that are difficult. It doesn't mean that we should cut those out because we only want to get back to the good. God's good. Let me be good. What it means is that standing under whatever the experience, whatever the relationship, whatever you want to prune out, if you just allow yourself to be with it and don't prune it out, God, the good, will show up with you and for you and provide you with what you need so that the full fruits can be expressed. Fruits like compassion. Fruits like understanding, fruits like forgiveness, fruits like love, fruits like joy that can be the result of walking through that experience. Because otherwise life is really shallow. Do you see that? If we just cut off everything that we don't like and don't walk through those things, life is very shallow. And we don't get to meet the depths of who we are. And the depths of what the divine is in our life. We don't have to go seeking for the suffering. But if we find ourselves in a challenge, I'm inviting us to think about. Let's not be so quick to want to get rid of this from our life. Let's be willing to look at how it's growing us, how it's stretching us. The idea of pruning. What is it that you need to prune from your life at this time? If you get still and listen within, 
What is it that you need to release, to let go of? What idea, what thought is inviting you to, to prune that so that you can fully express the divine? That's our practice. That's what we're going to engage in this week. And so on the back of your bulletin, you'll, you'll find that practice. What parts of yourself need to be pruned away? Sit still. Listen. Be willing to hear honestly what it is that needs to be pruned away. Do you need to prune away worry? Anybody hear worry? Right? Well, here's an easy one. You know, that's one of those dead branches. It gets you nowhere. I mean, how many times do we spend all of this time worrying and nothing ever comes of it? Like probably 99.9% of the time, that little one-tenth of one percent, we go, see, I was right, I needed to worry about this. And then we use that as our excuse to continue worrying. Worry is a, a dead branch. It's time to clip that one off. The belief of not enough, as I've already said. The idea that you are less than, as we've already talked about. How about selfishness? Here's one that we really need to get still and listen. Is this one I need to prune off, or is this one that's good for me? Because some of what people would say is selfish is actually about taking care of yourself and not selfish at all. So we have to get still. We have to be like that professional pruner. Is this one that I'm really being selfish and I really need to prune and let go of? Or is this that others would say is selfish is really about taking care of myself? Only you can decide. Only you can discern. True selfishness, prune that off. How about focusing on others' problems to the point of exhaustion? Anybody do that? I mean, I can get caught up on that with the world's problems out there. There's so many. There's so many when I look out there and see them. Now, that doesn't mean that I put my head in the sand and say, I'm not going to pay any attention to those problems. I'm just going to forget about them, prune them all away. They're happening. But what's mine to do with it? So I get still and I listen. I prune away that which I can do nothing for and I listen and act on that which I can and let that grow. Prune away. Pay attention where you are holding back from knowing the fullness of God's Spirit in you and choose to prune away that which doesn't serve you. Has everybody got an idea of what you're holding on to in your life that you need to prune away? Yeah? Well, will you join me in pruning those away this week? And we'll see what wants to blossom as we prune away those areas of deadness, of not growth that's not healthy. Let's see what happens, what blossoms come about as we prune away that which does not serve. So I want to share with you one other thing before I leave, because John is sitting there and he's expecting it. We're tending our garden through this series. And you know, Unity Spiritual Center has a large garden, right? And so in previous years, we've had one Nehemiah retreat every year to clean up that garden, and it works. But what happens in our gardens? They keep growing. (laughs) They keep growing. And so this year, we've decided to do it a little differently and have some Nehemiah retreats throughout the year. And so this Saturday, June 15th, from 8 until 3, we'll be having another Nehemiah retreat. If you can come and help us tend our garden, it would be really, really appreciated. You could come for an hour. You could come for six. Your help will be 
most appreciated. So consider that uh, very real work of tending our garden with us. And meanwhile, as you practice this this week, I can't wait to hear next week what you have found to prune away and what you're discovering is blooming once you prune that away. Thank you and God bless.